Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. I bless you today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hope you are having a very special day in your home with your children. Here's our poem for today. Some houses try to hide the fact that children shelter there. Ours boasts of it quite openly. The signs are everywhere. For smears are on the windows, little smudges on the door. I should apologize, I guess, for toys strewn on the floor. But I sat down with the children, and we played and laughed and read. And if the doorbell doesn't shine, their eyes will shine instead. For when at times I'm freed to choose the one job or the other, I want to be a homemaker, but first I'll be a mother. Now today, ladies, I'd love to share with you some thoughts that I have on my heart Actually, uh, they were cemented while we were down uh, on our vacation in Florida. And I had time there, of course, to spend in the Word, which I love to do. And I was thinking that week about heaven. And where is heaven? Well, there are some Bible commentators who say that heaven is actually just a dimension But I believe that heaven is a place. And uh, I have a few scriptures which I'm going to give you as a little foundation. This is not my message, but this lays a foundation for it. So here's some scriptures that I believe actually say, will give us a little idea of where heaven may be. Psalm 75, 6 and 7 says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. In other words, does God live in the north? What about Ezekiel chapter 14? In verses 13 and 14, we read the passage where we read about Satan rising up against God. And he says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set also upon the mount of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the height of the clouds. Now here we have another description of heaven and it talks again about the north, in the sides of the north. What about uh, Psalm 48.2? Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth, is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Once again, it talks about the north. Now, uh, in Exodus chapter 40, uh, verses 22-23, it 
tells Moses, um, and he put the table because he had God told Moses what to do, how to make the tabernacle, and it says here, and he put the table. Uh, that would have been the table of showbread in the tent of congregation upon the side of the tabernacle northward. And he said the bread, that's the bread of his presence, speaking of uh, Jesus who is the bread. And uh, it wasn't just one loaf of bread. They put 12 loaves of bread on the table. The Hebrew is lechem parhanim, harpanim, that's right, lechem harpanim. And it means the bread of faces. Lechem is bread. Uh, Harpanim is faces or presence. And it's actually speaking about all the faces, all the attributes of Christ and how as we feast on him and we feast on his word which is also the living bread we learn more of him and partake of him and this bread on this table was to be put in order in the presence of the Lord and it was to be put on the north side um, northward once again, we get that north. And uh, then in Leviticus chapter 1, verse 11, it says, And he shall kill the sacrifice on the side of the altar northward in the presence of the Lord. So even the sacrifices that pointed to Calvary were to be done on the altar northward. They were all pointing to heaven, which is somewhere uh, in the north. <clears throat> then, uh, what about Ezekiel chapter 1, uh, verse 4? Ezekiel says that the heavens were opened and he saw visions of God. And he looked and there was a whirlwind coming from where? Coming from the north. A great cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around it. In the center of the fire there was a gleam like amber. The form of four living creatures came from it, from this fiery, fiery cloud, which came from the north. And then it talks about the four living creatures and one had the face of a man one the face of a lion, one the face of an ox, and one the face of an eagle. And each one <clears throat> represented another understanding and attribute of God. <clears throat> and so uh, we see all these intimations that heaven could be in the north. Now, what part of the north? We kept reading this phrase, by the sides of the north, or in the sides of the north. Now, that is the Hebrew word, eureka, and it literally means the recesses, the far end, the uttermost part. So when it talks about heaven being in the north, it's saying that it is in the far 
end, the uttermost part, the very recesses. Now we, we know, in fact we don't know, because man has not even fathomed space and all of the firmaments and the stars and everything that God has put in space. I mean, it's beyond, beyond what we can ever even fathom. And heaven is beyond that, somewhere in the north. Heaven is not on display for everyone to see. No. Heaven is not in, on display for everyone to just walk in as they like. No. Heaven is where God dwells, and heaven is holy. We can't get into heaven without applying the precious blood of Jesus upon our lives. Jesus came to this earth to die and to shed his precious blood so that he could redeem us back and bring us into his wonderful, glorious realm in eternity. But we can't come into this realm except through the blood. We just don't automatically get into heaven and no one will be in heaven unless the blood of Jesus has been applied to their lives and cleansed them from their sin because there will be no sin in heaven. And then we see something else, something very interesting. And this is what I noticed. I was totally amazed. I found three things, all starting with H, that all have something in common. Now, the first one is heaven. And we find that it is in the recesses of the heavenlies somewhere in the north. And then, in the Bible, we read about the Holy of Holies, another H. Now, you will remember that the Holy of Holies was in the tabernacle. <clears throat> the tabernacle in the wilderness uh, was a very important place, and it was something that was built according to the pattern of the heavenly. There is a tabernacle in the heavenly, and the one on earth was a type, a picture of the heavenly one. And it was in the shape of a cross. And when you came into the tabernacle, the first thing you came to was the altar, where they sacrificed the lamb every morning and every evening. We remember that that was also northward, because it was speaking of Christ, who was the Lamb of God. And then, after the sacrifice, the shedding of blood, there was the laver, and that was where they had to wash and cleanse themselves. And you couldn't go in to the next part, the holy place, without washing. You had to have the blood, then you had to be washed and cleansed. And then in the holy place was where the priests uh, worked and lived in the presence of God. There was the table of showbread on the right. There was the candlestick, the beautiful seven-branch candelabra on the left. 
and that shone upon the bread, speaking of the illumination of the Holy Spirit upon the bread and lightening it to our eyes. And then there was, before you went into the last place, there was the golden altar of incense. And that beautiful golden altar, it speaks of intercession and prayer and praise and worship. And it's just before you go into the place where God dwelt. And uh, this was a very important, every, every piece of furniture uh, has great meaning and everyone was important. Um, <clears throat> actually, the altar, um, the altar that you first saw where they did the sacrifices, that had four horns uh, on each corner of the altar, speaking how salvation goes out to the four corners of the earth. And also the golden altar of incense. It also had four horns. Now, horns always speak of authority in the Bible. Do you know, ladies, that when we come to God in prayer, we are coming into the place of authority. When you and your husband pray for your children together, you are in a place of authority. There is authority in prayer when we pray, not in our own name, but in the name of Jesus. And that also speaks of how we can pray for not only our own family, but reach out to the four corners of the earth and become a praying family that affects the nations of the earth. But then, precious ladies, oh, we go in. The next place is called the Holy of Holies. And uh, this place, where was it? Now, this is where it has a similarity to heaven because we read when God told Moses how to build the tabernacle and where to build everything. In 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 16, it says, And he built 20 cubits on the sides of the house. Now, ladies, did you remember my reading scriptures that always continually said, the sides of the house, on the sides of the north. A and uh, it, here it is repeated again. Yes, and it's the same Hebrew word. That means the recesses, the far end, the uttermost end. You see, ladies, once again, God told Moses to build the Holy of Holies at the far end of the tabernacle. It's not out in the front. No, the first thing you come in to is the altar where the sacrifices are done. The place where God dwelt in all his Shekinah glory was in the Holy of Holies. And it was at the far end. It was at the recesses. You see... We can't, once again, it's saying, we just can't come into God's presence just how we like, when we like, if we think we'd like to. No, we cannot come into God's presence without the blood. Even back here in the tabernacle, it showed us the way. First of all, there was the, the sacrifice and the blood was shed. 
Then they had to go and be washed. Then they went into the holy place where they fed of the bread and where they received light and illumination and anointing from the Holy Ghost, which is represented by the oil in the candelabra that lit the the holy place. And all these things, they weren't just every now and then. The altar, the fire on the altar was never to go out. The bread on the table was never to be taken off. Do you know what they did? When the priests came to take the old bread off, which was there for one week on the table, and as they took it off, the next set of priests put the new bread down immediately at the same time. So there was never a moment when the bread wasn't on the table and the light, it had to be lit continually. The altar of incense, the incense had to continually burn. And so God told them they had to tend to all these things morning and evening. That's why we have our devotions coming into the presence of the Lord morning and evening. But what's our point here? Our point here is that the Holy of Holies where God dwelt, was in the recesses. We don't get into his presence just barging in. No, we come through the blood, through the washing of the Holy Spirit, the washing of the, of the, the bread of God that also washes us, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and so on, and, and, and even the high priest. Now, I wonder how he got in. Actually, we don't even read in the Bible how the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies. It's a very, very, very thick veil. Different historians say different amounts of thickness, so we don't know for sure. And nor we do we know for sure how the high priest entered in. There are some commentators who say that there was sort of a maze between the uh, layers of the curtains. Uh, but we don't know that for sure. And then there are some Bible commentators who say that it was supernatural. Do you know, ladies, I tend to go with that understanding. Now, I'm not saying for sure because we are not actually told in the Word, but we do read in the Word that the high priest had to go into the holy place with the blood. He had to take the blood in or he could not enter the presence of God. Now, he had to have the blood in one hand, but he also he also had to... Um, now, let's see, have I written this scripture here? Yes. He also, it says, he had to carry the blood in one hand, and he, and he shall take a fire pan full of coals from, of fire from upon the altar before the Lord, and two handfuls of finely ground sweet incense and bring it inside the veil. So he was carrying the blood. He'd have to carry that in one hand. And then he had a a pan of live coals that were, you know, they were hot. And then he had to put the incense on those 
live hot coals, and then the beautiful sweet incense would waft up and float up, so that when he went into the presence of God, that incense would fill that holy of holies like a cloud, so that he couldn't see God. God was there, but ladies, how did he get in if he had blood in one hand and the incense uh, of the coals in another? Now, some Bible commentators say that he stood at the entrance and God just supernaturally took him to the other side. Well, I don't know, but how did he get there? Anyway, so it was right there at the far end. Let me read you some other translations so it's more clear to you. Uh, The New Living Translation says he partitioned off an inner sanctuary, the most holy place at the far end of the temple. And verse 10 says, he prepared the inner sanctuary at the far end of the temple. The uh, English Standard Version says the inner sanctuary he prepared in the innermost part of the house to set there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The New Living Translation says, Oh, yes, it tells us more what it was like in that Holy of Holies. Now, uh, in those days, we couldn't go in. And even in the days of the temple, we couldn't go in. No one but the high priest once a year went into that place. Now, in the tabernacle, it was a 15-foot cube. And in the temple, it was bigger. It was a 30-foot cube, 30-foot high, wide, deep in every way. And the Bible tells it that it was all made with cypress, but overlaid in pure gold. Now, the Living Bible brings uh, the amount to a more modern standard and says that in the Holy of Holies, there would have been, wait for it, ladies, there would have been 23 tons of gold. Can you even imagine it? Even the nails were were made of 20 ounces of gold, each nail. Now, in the Holy of Holies, there was also the Ark of the Covenant overlaid with gold, and then the cherubims with a 30-foot wingspan seven and a half feet each wing, reaching from wall to wall because that was a 30-foot cube, all overlaid with gold. That amount of gold would be enough to dazzle your eyes, but that was inconsequential to the fact that in this place dwelt the glory the presence of God. It was just a little picture of heaven. And God also made this to be at the very recesses. But now, ladies, I'm getting to something pretty amazing. We've talked about heaven We've talked about the Holy of Holies. What is the next H? It is the home. And did you know that God 
uses this same word, Eureka, about our homes? This is amazing. I want you to get this today. Let's go to that beautiful scripture in Psalm 128, verse 3. A wonderful family psalm. And it says here, Thy wife shall be like a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Oh, there's that phrase again. Did you hear it again? By the sides of thine house. Yes, it's that Hebrew word, Eureka. And what does it mean? In the recesses, in the very heart, in the hidden place, in the uttermost part. And what is the scripture saying? We can read it in a few other translations. The New English translation says, Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the inner rooms of your house. Your children will be like olive branches as they sit all around your table. The New King James Version says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. The Amplified Version says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the innermost parts of your house. You see, they are translating correctly that Hebrew word, Eureka, which is the recesses, the far end, the uttermost part. Now, ladies, this is the picture God gives of the home. He pictures the wife in her home, not on the outskirts of her home, not on the periphery. No, she's in the heart, in the very heart of her home. Yes, she spends a lot of time in her kitchen. That is the heart of the home, isn't it? In fact, it was always considered the heart of the home, where the mother was cooking Back in the old days, of course, she had the wood stove that kept the house warm and she would be cooking bread in it and cooking big soups and cooking her meals and there was always something simmering in that stove and, of course, it was warm in that kitchen and drew everyone to the warmth. It was also where there was the food and, of course, everybody's drawn to food, but it was where the mother was mainly, and everyone was drawn to her. Her husband was drawn back into the home to his wife, the children drawn around the mother. And this is the picture of the home. And there the table is there, and what does the Bible say? And there the children are all around your table. They're not just off everywhere, going here, going there, eating their meal in front of TV, off in their bedroom. No, no, no. God paints the picture of the family togetherness sitting around the table. I'm not making this up, lady. This is the scriptures. This is the picture God paints. And this is where he says... He has placed the mother. Now, ladies, we've got to get something. We have to know the truth. 
And the truth is, Satan hates motherhood. Satan knows the power of motherhood. Satan knows that a woman who knows who she is, that God has created her for the blessing and privilege to bring forth children. No, not just children. No, it's more than that. Eternal souls. Children for eternity. And children who will bring forth the image of God in this world. And Satan knows it. Sometimes we don't know it, but Satan knows it. He knows the power of a woman who understands it and that will come to the home and embrace the godly seed and raise them to be mighty in God's truth and filled richly with the word of God and and trained to be mighty sons and daughters for God to impact the land and, and many countries of the world. He's scared of mothers like that. They are dangerous to him. Because they upset his purposes. And he does not want the godly seed to come into this world. He does not want godly children in this world. And he does not want godly mothers in the home raising godly children. He wants the mothers out of the home so he can get his hands on the children. And so we are living in a day of humanism and feminism and socialism and all these isms and materialism and meism. And all these isms, which are blinding our eyes to the glorious truth, the truth of God's word. Dear ladies, are you getting the similarity? Are you getting the fact that these three things all have one thing in common, heaven the holy of holies and the home. Your home is aligned with heaven. Your home is aligned with the holy of holies. Dear ladies, it's only these three things where God uses that word to describe the position Heaven in the recesses, the holy of holies in the recesses, and the home, the mother, the mother in the heart of the home, in the recesses, in this very, very powerful place. Because it may be a hidden place. Yes, it's hidden. But heaven is hidden. It's the most glorious place on earth. Well, it's not on earth, it's in heaven. But there's no place on earth that's like heaven. There's no place ever in the world like heaven. But it's hidden at the moment. The Holy of Holies. There was no more glorious place where God filled it and God dwelled in the midst of his people. They couldn't see him, but he was there in the Holy of Holies. And... His glory just came out from that holy of holies. And by day, the cloud covered them to protect them. And by night, the pillar of fire came up from the holy of holies and it warmed them. And they knew that God was in the midst. But then God says, the mother, the mother, 
Oh, another powerful place. She may be hidden, but she is doing the most powerful career in this nation. God says to you, precious mother today, you may be hidden in your home, but know this is the place that I have chosen for you. It is not an insignificant place. It is not a place of no worth. It is the place that I have chosen. It is the place where I want you to fill with my presence. I want you to raise your children in this heart of the home. I want you to fill them daily with my word. I want you to show them my ways. I want you to raise them to be great and mighty children daughters and sons of God who will be ready one day to go out into this world not unprepared but prepared strengthened filled with God filled with the Holy Ghost filled with the word filled with truth who will be able to stand against the wiles and the deceptions of the enemy because we are now living in a world that is filled with deceptions more than any other time we we have such evil that our children are facing now. We have children and young people out in our colleges today being absolutely filled with with such demonic uh, stuff, with transgenderism, thinking that thinking that they can just change to another gender. It's just becoming the norm, and and. We are raising children who are going to go out into this world. We don't raise them to keep them forever. No, we raise them to go out and influence, influence society. But it happens, not out there in the school system. No, it happens in the heart of the home, in the hidden place of the home. And... I just want to say these few statements as we close our pod today. The heaven is where God is. The Holy of Holies was where God dwelt. And the home, dear mother, is also where God wants to dwell. He wants to come into your home, into the heart of your home even into your kitchen, where you're with your children, where you're cooking day after day, where you think, what am I doing here? Oh, no. Oh, no. There's more, dear ladies. Just think about it again. Heaven is filled with the glory of God. The Holy of Holies was filled with the glory of God. And God wants to fill your home with his glory. He is glory. And, and he's a dwelling God. And he not only wants to fill heaven. And he not only wants to fill our lives. He wants to fill your home with his glory. But that's going to happen in the recesses, in the heart of your home. When you're rushing about here, there, and everywhere, going here, going there, oh, and, and, and you're just you're, you're running your home from the periphery. There's no time to be filled with the glory. There's not even time to fill your children with the revelation of God and His truth. Sometimes, even as our fast-paced world, 
we've got to slow down a bit. It's what do we want? We just want this runabout life? Or do we truly want to be the picture that God has painted in his word and he wants to be a reality in our lives? where the mother is in the heart of the home, filling it with the glory of God and living in the glory of God. Because, precious ladies, these are the three places where God has something in common with them all. Heaven in the recesses. The Holy of Holies was in the recesses. And the mother in the home, she too is in the recesses, in the heart of the home. But this is where you will find your glory. Amen. Can I pray for you? Dear Father, I have to admit that we are awed. The revelation of your word is so amazing. And Lord God, too many mothers have been duped, deceived, and shortchanged. Lord God, they have been robbed and stolen from because the enemy does not want them in their home. But I pray that by your Holy Spirit, Your truth will come to them today. It will come to their minds. It will come into their very hearts and spirits and will become a reality and they will know that in their home they are in your perfect will where you have placed them. The very It's your very plan from the beginning of the ages when you placed the first woman in her home home. She woke up in her home where you placed her and she was in her glory. And Lord God, this is where we will glorify you on earth. This is where we will bring forth glory into this earth as we raise sons and daughters for you. I pray, Father, that you will give them such a joy and such an understanding and revelation of the power of their role in their home. Lord God, I ask it in the name of Jesus and I pray that you'll pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. I come against all the negativity and all the lies that have filled their minds uh, and have duped them, oh God, and have tried to woo them out of the home. And every day things happen that try to woo us out and take us away. Lord, I pray that you'll bring them back in. And Lord, that they'll find their joy and glory and fullness and and wholeness and and healing and everything in the place where you have planned for them, where you want them planted and uh, where you want them to raise their precious children. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm.